0: To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at PaulStoneSports.org. Now, on to the show.
1: Well, today is Wednesday, March 1st, and for many sports betting enthusiasts, this is sort of the unofficial beginning of the college basketball betting season. Uh, Not myself, mind you. You know, I've been grinding uh, this thing out since the season's opening tip way back on November 7th, Uh, but some sports bettors don't engross themselves in college basketball for the entire loop. Uh, Instead, they get involved, you know, pretty much once the calendar reaches March, and we're finally here, folks, Uh, even if the... Tournament field won't be announced for another um, 11 days. It's March 1st, so I, um, by the power invested in me by absolutely no one, declare today the opening day of March Madness. Hello again, everyone. I'm Paul Stone, and this is episode 93 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. This week's version titled, The March to March is Over. Uh, Some of the the smaller mid-major conference tournaments, uh, I'll point out as I record, it's a little bit after 9 o'clock, Wednesday night, March 1st, but some of the the smaller mid-major conference tournaments, as I was uh, saying, they're already well underway, and uh, quite a few bids are going to be divvied up as early as this weekend. Uh, And between actually today and next Wednesday, March 8th, Uh, the final conference tournaments, uh, including the SEC, uh, Big Ten and some others, they won't hold their championship games until Sunday, March 12th, uh, the day of Selection Sunday. So what I'm going to do during this uh, podcast uh, in this week's version, I'm going to provide a few teams which might be worth a look during March Madness. Uh, if you're a regular listener of my podcast, and I appreciate it if you are, and I appreciate it if you're listening for the first time as well or anything in between, uh, but if you do listen to the podcast or have listened to the podcast in the past, you might remember uh, a few weeks ago I did something similar, and I got some pretty you know, positive feedback talking about teams, I thought, Might be play on or play against teams uh, during March. So I thought I'd do something um, along those lines again since we are now officially in the month of March. And before I go into the teams that I I like during the month of March, I'm going to go ahead and do my weekly uh, promotion of my service, Paul Stone Sports. Uh, After a three month run, which started in early November, went all the way through the end of January where I hit more than 60% of all my official selections in college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. February was not nearly as kind, uh, but we're still operating in the black in college basketball. It's still a winning season. And I understand, first of all, that many prospective clients are going to jump on board during a winning streak. And I understand that. But I ask the question, Is it not actually more prudent or is it more prudent to get on board on the heels of a losing period if, and this is a big if, but if and only if you're looking at a long-term winning sports handicapper? You know, I believe that's really the case. I think at some point it corrects itself. And looking at our uh, basketball card tonight on Wednesday, March 1st, uh, the Texas TCU game still pending, released tcu Minus two uh, on the overnights, Tuesday, February 28th, for tonight's game. If that game ends up covering and they're winning by a dozen or so at the half, it will complete a 3-0 and o sweep of the college basketball card. So earlier had Maryland plus the points over, or rather Ohio State. I'll take that back. Ohio State plus the points over Maryland. The Buckeyes win um, comfortably outright. And then also release the Long Island Merrimack game, which went uh, well over the, uh, well over the totals. So we're, uh, in good shape with a 2 0 start. Hopefully we'll have a 3 0 evening tonight. But if you're interested in one of my packages, either my college basketball package, my PGA Tour package, or my combination package, please visit my website, Paulstonesports.org. Again, that's Paulstonesports.org. So first of all, as I get into these teams that, that I'm going to take a look at in March, I'm not going to throw out, you know, the very top team, you know, the Kansases, the Houstons, uh, the Alabamas and such. You know, those are all clearly very good teams, uh, but everybody's going to, you know, tout those teams, release those teams. We're going we're gonna to search just a little bit harder, dig just a little bit deeper uh, and I'll start it out though. One of my recommended teams is actually uh, in the major polls top 10. And uh, so I do have one team that is very highly rated, and that team's going to be the number six Marquette Golden Eagles. Uh, and first of all, Shaka Smart, when you look at his six year tenure uh, at the University of Texas in the NCAA tournament, Shaka Smart had exactly zero wins in six seasons at Texas. I'm a Shaka smart guy. I like Shaka smart, uh, but it's fair to call his time at Texas a disappointment. And you could even probably fairly call it a bitter disappointment. But Shaka, he's regained his his footing nicely. Uh, he's back in his home state of Wisconsin, again, coaching the Marquette Golden Eagles. And as I record Marquette, they've already clinched the Big East Conference regular season title. Uh, They are two and a half games ahead. Uh, Mathematically, again, they have clinched. Uh, They are going to win or have won their regular season title, and now they'll uh, get ready for their conference tournament. You know, one of the things that I like about Marquette is the fact that they have a pair of quality guards uh, in their point guard, Tyler Kolick. Uh, and their shooting guard, Cam Jones. Uh, looking at the game last night, uh, speaking of the road victory by Marquette, 72-56 uh, over Butler, last night being Tuesday, February 28th. Kolek, he had a fairly rare 2010 game, finished with 21 points and 10 assists, only had two turnovers. Uh, I mean, that's a big-time performance. You got good guards. People talk about the importance of guards during March Madness. Marquette's got a you know a couple of real high caliber guards. Uh, they're still available. I looked at circa earlier today to win the NCAA tournament and to cut down the nets in Houston on Monday, April third. Still available at circa at thirty-five to one. So the next team that I'm going to talk about is actually teams. Uh, Kind of like in horse racing, it's going to be a paired entry, and it's going to come from the ultra-tough Big 12. Uh, You know, if either uh, or, you know, certainly both of these teams get at-large bids into the field, uh, their inclusion is certainly going to draw some criticism. Uh, You know, both have uh, one game at this point remaining on their regular season schedule and the teams that I'm talking about in conference play West Virginia only 6 and 11 in the Big 12 Texas Tech only 5 and 12 both teams though still in the hunt for an at large bid West Virginia closes its regular season by hosting Kansas State on Saturday Texas Tech meanwhile entertains Oklahoma State I'm not here first of all to debate whether either of these teams deserve to be in the field. I hear people talking about it. I was going to say ad nauseum, but, you know, the the programs I listen to tend to focus on college basketball this time of year. And I'm hearing a lot of talk about whether they belong, whether they don't belong. That's not what I want to talk about. You know, I don't have any control over that. You know, my business is pushing 11 to the window, trying to get back 10 you know, the way this thing works, guys and gals, somebody selects the teams. It's not you or I. Somebody else provides a betting line. It's probably not you or I. And then and now and only now, this is when we get involved, when we have the opportunity to state our case, to state our opinion. We, the betting public, get to have our say at that point once those lines are posted We get to choose to fire on as many or as few of the games as we choose. So that's where we get involved. I'm not going to debate. Uh, Certainly there's, um, you know, programs for that and so forth. I'm not minimizing the importance of it. Uh, But we're just going to talk about uh, what uh, I think these teams or one of these teams could do if, in fact, they even get in the tournament. First of all, I'm not a bracketologist. Uh, but by, you know, I read things just like you do. And it sounds like West Virginia is likely going to get in the field if it defeats Kansas State and Morgantown on Saturday. And it will almost certainly be in the field if it wins that game and then goes ahead and wins at least one game in the Big 12 tournament. You know, Texas Tech, they clearly have more work to do, but the Red Raiders really playing uh, quite well right now. And with three straight wins starting on Saturday against Oklahoma State, uh, that would certainly give the, if they win three straight, that would certainly give the committee quite a bit to ponder. You know, West Virginia uh, and Texas Tech, one of the reasons they're in the discussion for an at-large bid is they both have five uh, quad one wins. And it's certainly fair to point out also that they have more opportunities for quad one wins uh, playing in the uh, Big 12 Conference. The nation's, you know, undisputed uh, toughest league. You have a lot of opportunity for quad one wins. You know, and that's kind of, you know, one of the reasons that I like one or both of these teams if they get an NCAA field is the fact that uh, they're well below 500 conference record. You know, that pretty much obscures just how good they are. And since, you know, West Virginia, obviously the more likely of the two teams to make the field, you know, looking at the Mountaineers specifically, I like the fact as well uh, that they have a guard uh, right now who's really playing at a, a high level. He's boasting a hot hand late in the season. Uh, and again, those kind of guys can carry you uh, to a victory uh, during the big dance. And the guy that I'm talking about is six four shooting guard Eric Stevenson. Stevenson, oddly enough, uh, West Virginia is his fourth college team. Uh, he previously uh, did tours at South Carolina, Washington, and Wichita State before transferring uh, to West Virginia in the off offseason. Uh, but welcome uh, to today's wild and wacky world of college basketball. That's the transfer portal for you. That's the world that we live in. But looking at Stevenson uh, over these last four games, uh, he's shooting – almost 40% from beyond the arc in those four games. He has scored 23 or more points in each of the four games, uh, averaging 24 points a game in that four-game stretch. From three-point land, his last four games, 17 to 37, so shooting the ball well from long distance. Like the way Eric Stevenson's playing, I think West Virginia and or Texas Tech could win a game in the big dance if they indeed qualify for the tournament. Gonna to go with one more team before we give out a uh, comp selection uh, in the uh, golf tournament this week. This team's gonna come from the uh, Big Ten, and I'm gonna look at the Indiana Hoosiers. In Indiana, uh, they came off, They're coming off a loss, a lopsided loss, 90 to 68 at home. Uh, to the hands of Iowa. And that came just three days after completing the regular season sweep of highly ranked and bitter in-state rival Purdue. But I'm not deterred. You know, I still believe the Hoosiers could make some noise in March. Uh, And one of the, you know, when I look at this Indiana team, one of the more attractive aspects to peeling back the layers on this team is the fact that the Hoosiers have – not one, but two players on the offensive end uh, who can, you know, in my mind, literally take over a game. Uh, and both these guys have done it against big-time opponents on big-time stages. You know, first of all, to go over these two guys, if you follow college basketball fairly closely, uh, you're probably familiar with the exploits of uh, the 6 6'9", senior forward Trace Jackson Davis, Uh, He's on course to receive at least some sort of All-America mention at season's end. He could possibly even be a first-team All-America. Probably, uh, I don't follow those things closely, but I I would think he would be a first-team All-America because he's one of the very best uh, players in all of America in college basketball. His stat sheet, these are his averages, folks, just to see how thorough and complete his game is. Here's his stat, stat line for the season, averaging 20.3 points, 11.1 rebounds, 3.8 assists, almost four assists a game for a big man, and almost three blocks, 2.8 blocks per game. Guy's active in all phases of the game, a big-time player. And then the other uh, guy who is an offensive force, He's only a freshman, uh, but 6'6 six, six guard Jalen hood uh, Shifino, uh He certainly has displayed uh, flashes of greatness, if you will, offensive greatness, uh, most recently in the Boilermakers' 79-71 victory uh, at Purdue on February 25th. Uh, he's a, a guy who, uh, in that game, uh, hood shafino 35 points, Again, that game was on the road. It was against the nation's fifth-ranked team. Uh, He hit 14 of his 24 shots from the field in that game. He also grabbed seven rebounds. And although, again, I acknowledge Indiana's play has been inconsistent, the Hoosiers have been somewhat uh, choppy this season, uh, to put it mildly, but I really like a team that has that sort of inside and outside scoring threat on their roster. Indiana at circa looked earlier today at their odds thirty-two to one uh, to win the NCAA double A title. So uh, you know, pretty good uh pretty good numbers there. You can get both Marquette and Indiana at over thirty to one to win the tournament there at Circa. Before we sign off to uh tonight, I'm going to uh give you a cop selection in this week's Arnold Palmer uh, Invitational, the stop on the PGA Tour. Early bird gets the worm because it starts early tomorrow. This is going to be in the Eastern time zone, Uh, so it'll start quite early for some of you. It starts again tomorrow morning, Thursday, March 2nd, at Arnold Palmer's Bay Hill Club and Lodge there in Orlando, Florida. You know, some handicappers, guys who handicap golf, you know, they choose to avoid backing the previous week's winner. But I'm going to defy that approach. I'm going to back the winner of last week's Honda Classic. And the guy I'm talking about is Chris Kirk. He's matched against uh, Englishman Justin Rose in a full tournament matchup this week in the Arnold Palmer. Kirk, he's a guy who's been quite candid about his past struggles with alcohol, uh, which almost cost him both his family and his career. But he not only won last week's Honda Classic in Florida, But in his last four events, he also has two other third-place finishes. So in his last four starts on tour, last week's victory at Honda, and then third-place finishes in January at the Sony Open in Hawaii and the American Express event in California. He's also fared extremely well uh, at this week's venue, Bay Hill. He's finished in the top 15 here in each of his last four visits. Uh, and that includes a fifth-place showing last year. You know, Rose, he's played well here. He actually has a trio uh, of top three finishes in his 16 trips uh, to Bay Hill, but his last three visits to Bay Hill resulted in two miscuts cuts and a withdrawal. Uh, Kirk's taking a little money today. Uh, some people have uh, have bet him a little bit in this matchup, but you can still find Chris Kirk at about minus 110 against Justin Rose. And that's my recommendation. Take Chris Kirk minus 110 over Justin Rose, a full tournament matchup at this week's Arnold Palmer Invitational. Well, guys and gals, appreciate you listening. Um, and appreciate your, uh, consistency for those of you who follow, uh, and listen to the podcast each week or most weeks. For those of you listening for the, uh, the first time, I hope you, uh, Continue to, uh, to give us a, uh, a look uh, as your schedule allows, but I uh, hope everyone enjoys the remainder uh, of the uh, week uh, as we are in the month of March now, and the March to March is over. Signing off, until next time, I'm Paul Stone.
0: Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast.